this morning is from Matthew chapter 5, verse 9. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called sons of God. You may be seated. Good morning. Good to be together this morning. Appreciate the time that we've been able to spend in worship together. And I appreciate you. Appreciate you making this a priority. What a beautiful day the Lord has given to us. But the beauty out there doesn't even compare with the beauty of what exists in here. As we enter into the presence of God together and we spend time in worship. And now as we spend time in Bible study. If you have your copy of God's Word, I'd love for you to turn with me to the fifth chapter of the Gospel of Matthew. Matthew chapter 5, and we're going to be studying in verse number 9. Matthew chapter 5 and verse 9 is where we're going to draw our thoughts this morning. We're going to continue our series of sermons through the Beatitudes, continuing to talk about the overall theme of the Beatitudes, how we can experience true blessing and true happiness in life. Matthew chapter 5 and verse number 9. I want to begin with a statement that I believe to be true, and I would venture to say that many of you, if not all of you, would agree with me on this one. It's the fact that we live in a world that is defined by war, strife, discord, and conflict. That's true, isn't it? If you take a look through history, If you take a look through all of the different wars that have taken place throughout history, this fact, this reality, becomes so easy to see. I read about a group of historians who claim that within the last 5,600 years, there have been 14,351 wars. And in those 14,351 wars, there have been 3.64 billion casualties. That's about half of the world's population right now that have died in war in the last 5,600 years. In those 5,600 years, according to this group of historians, there have only been 292 years of combined peace. I came across an author who said, peace is merely that brief, glorious moment in history when everyone stops to reload their weapons. You look at those numbers, you take a minute to consider that quote, what does that tell us? What does that teach us? It tells us, it teaches us about the world that we live in. We live in a world that is defined by war, strife, discord, and conflict. You really don't have to have a history of knowledge to understand that idea. You really don't have to have a knowledge of all of the different wars that have taken place between sovereign nations on the world stage. Do you ever watch the news? If you watch the news, then you're going to see reports about all the different crimes and all the different conflicts that take place. You're going to see how the right and the left, how the Republicans and Democrats are constantly fighting and arguing with one another. Do you ever get on social media? You can't log on to social media unless you see people fighting about something. Sports, <coughs> politics, religion, you name it. People will fight about it. And, and they don't fight about it in a way that's very nice. There's, when you log on to social media, you're going to find a lot of mean comments, a lot of name calling. You're going to find a lot of insulting taking place. Do you ever just spend time around people? 
Have you ever heard the phrase where people are, problems are? Wherever people exist, there's going to be conflict. Reminds me of a story that I read about Lady Astor, who is considered the first lady of British politics. She was having a conversation with Winston Churchill, who was the prime minister at the time. She said, if, if you were my husband, then I would put poison in your coffee. To that, Winston Churchill responded, if you were my wife, then I'd drink every drop of it. <laughs> Conflict, right? That's what you see. Whenever you spend time around people, there are going to be problems. Whenever you spend time around people, there's going to be conflict. It's true in families. It's true in friendships. It's true in marriages. It's true at work and it's true at school. It's true with the person who steps on the back of your shoe when you're walking down the hallway. It's true with the person who cuts you off in traffic on Monday morning. We live in a world that is defined by war, strife, discord, and conflict. So as Christians, what is our responsibility? How should we respond to all of the conflict that exists in our world? How should we respond to the conflict that exists in our community, the conflict that exists in our lives and in our relationships with other people? Who does Jesus want us to be? What does Jesus want us to do whenever we are confronted with conflict? We'll go back to our scripture reading. Brad read it for us just a minute ago. Matthew chapter 5 and verse 9. Jesus says, Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called sons of God. As we consider those words this morning, as we consider who Jesus wants us to be and what Jesus wants us to do in the midst of conflict, there are three main ideas that I want us to consider. First, as we look at the words of Matthew chapter 5 and verse 9, I want us to begin by noticing what Jesus didn't say. What Jesus didn't say, what Jesus didn't teach in Matthew 5 and verse 9. Reminds me of a kid who was sitting on the couch watching TV. And his dad came over to him and said, hey, you need to get up and, and go clean your room. Do that immediately. Twenty minutes later, the dad came in and guess where the son was? Still sitting on the couch watching TV. So the dad sat down next to him. He pointed his finger and said, Son, I didn't tell you to keep sitting there and watch TV. I told you to get up and go clean your room. Well, in a similar way, as we look at Matthew 5 and verse 9, I think it's helpful for us to consider what Jesus did not say in this verse. Number one, Jesus did not say, Blessed are the peace breakers. You take this stick, put both hands, one hand on either side, put it over your knee, push hard on both sides, and what's going to happen? Well, if you're strong enough, that stick's going to look like that. It's going to snap. It's going to break in half. You take this mirror, take a hammer in your hand, and beat up on the mirror a little bit. What's going to happen? That mirror is going to shatter into hundreds. That mirror is going to shatter into thousands of pieces. When you consider peacebreakers, that's exactly what they do to peace. They take peace, put it over their knee, and snap it in half. They take peace, which is supposed to be so beautiful, and they beat it with a hammer, causing it to smash into millions of pieces. See, peacebreakers are going to do whatever it takes to win. 
They're going to do whatever it takes to get their way whenever they are confronted with conflict. If that means they have to argue with you until they're blue in the face, if that means they have to gossip about you, if that means they have to try to destroy your reputation, if that means they have to be rude to you or, or do bad things to you, they're going to do those things without any hesitation whatsoever. When it comes to peace breakers, they are always going to be right and you are always going to be wrong. Whenever it comes to conflict, whenever it comes to tense situations. While sometimes peacebreakers might get their way in conflict because they have a mindset that says, if you don't get out of my way, if you don't yield to me, I'm going to run you over with all four tires. Sometimes that's going to get them what they want. But notice again in Matthew 5 and verse 9, that's not who Jesus teaches us to be. That's not what Jesus teaches us to do when we are confronted with conflict, we are not to be peace breakers. Peace breakers are not going to be able to experience true happiness and true blessing in life. Number two, Jesus did not say, Blessed are the peace takers. Reminds me of another story about a mom who was feeding her toddler some goldfish. She was giving him one after the other. He'd take the goldfish and eat it and then stick his hand out for more. The mother decided she was going to test her toddler. This time she put two goldfish in his hand and said, oh, wait, wait just a second. I'm, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to give you two. Could, could you give me one back? The toddler took both goldfish, put them in his mouth, stuck his hand out for more without ever saying a word. That's what peace takers do. Peace takers are willing to receive, but they're not willing to give. Peacetakers are never going to initiate peace. They're never going to seek or pursue peace when they find themselves in conflict with other people. When peace is extended to them, they'll take it. But they're never going to seek it out. They're never going to take the initiative. They're never going to pursue it for themselves. If it was left up to peacetakers and nobody came to make peace with them, they would continue to live at odds with everybody, willing to take, but never willing to give. Willing to receive, but never willing to seek peace in difficult situations. It's not who Jesus teaches us to be. Jesus does not teach us to be peace takers. Peace takers are not going to be able to experience true blessing and happiness in life. Number three, Jesus did not say, blessed are the peace fakers. Have you ever heard this phrase up on the screen, fake it till you make it? Maybe you've said that phrase before. Maybe you've lived by that phrase before. Well, that's the way that a lot of people view peace, don't they? Peace fakers are going to fake it till they make it. They're going to pretend like everything is okay. They're going to pretend like everything is perfect and spotless whenever it's obviously not. They're going to live in denial of the problem. They're going to avoid the conflict. They're going to avoid even resolution, the thought of resolution. And that might last for a little while. They might be able to avoid it for a little while, but ultimately the faking is going to give way to things like passive-aggressive comments, cold shoulders, tense situations. That's not who Jesus teaches us to be. Whenever we are confronted with conflict, Jesus does not say, blessed are the peace 
fakers. Peace fakers are not going to be able to experience true happiness in life according to Jesus. And then number four, Jesus did not say blessed are the peace keepers. You know who these guys are? Whenever a country is war torn, whenever a country is in conflict, the United Nations will send soldiers, the ones up on the screen with the blue helmets, they'll send them into that nation. They call them peacekeepers. The peacekeepers don't establish the peace. That's left up to the nation. That's left up to the two groups who are in conflict with one another. They have to form their own peace treaty. They have to establish their own peace. And then the peacekeepers come in to make sure that those terms are met. To make sure that the peace remains. They don't seek peace. They don't pursue peace. They don't create peace. They just keep it. Do we ever respond that way to conflict? Peacekeepers are not going to do anything to make peace. They're not going to do anything to create peace. They're going to let somebody else do that work. Somebody else is going to create the peace. Somebody else is going to make the peace. Peacekeepers step in to just keep the peace. To continue to carry on and to continue to establish the peace that somebody else started. That's not who Jesus teaches us to be. Jesus does not teach us to be peacekeepers. Peacekeepers are not going to be able to experience true happiness and blessing according to the words of Jesus in Matthew chapter 5 and verse 9. So you look at this verse, isn't it helpful to note what Jesus doesn't say? Jesus doesn't say blessed are the peace breakers, blessed are the peace takers, blessed are the peace fakers, or blessed are the peace keepers. Well, if Jesus doesn't say any of those things, what does he say? What is Jesus teaching us in Matthew chapter 5 and verse 9? Well, you look at the first few words there, blessed are the peacemakers. We are not to be peace breakers, those who are willing to do whatever is necessary in order to get what they want. We are not to be peacetakers, those who only take peace but never seek to give it. We are not to be peace fakers, those who pretend like everything is okay whenever it's not. We are not to be peace keepers, those who keep the peace, not willing to create it, but once it's in place, I'll do what I can to keep it. In Matthew chapter 5 and verse 9, Jesus teaches us to be peacemakers. As Christians, we are to be those who make peace. Peace. Whenever we are confronted with conflict, we are to actively pursue peace. We are to actively seek after peace in our lives and in our relationships with other people. The New Testament teaches us that in a number of different places. I think a good representation of what the New Testament has to say about this topic is in Romans 12 and verse 18. Where Paul says, if possible, so far as it depends on you, Live peaceably with all. Sometimes peace is not going to be possible with people. Because in order for true peace to exist, it has to be tied on both ends. In order for true peace to exist, both people have to want it. Both people have to seek it. Both people have to pursue it. Sometimes peace is not going to be possible. And that's why, G that's why Paul rather says, Jesus speaking through Paul, that's why he says, so far as it depends on you. We can't control what other people do whenever it comes to situations of conflict. We can't control how they respond. We can't control what they say. But you know what we can control? You know, don't you? We can control what we do. How we respond. What we say. Paul says in Romans 12 and verse 18, 
never be the reason that you're at conflict with someone. Now, it might be the other person. The other person creating the conflict and you're trying to seek after peace. He says, as much as it depends on you, live peaceably with who? Oh, with some people. Live peaceably with the majority of people. You know, those people who are like you, live peaceably with them. Live at peace with your family and friends, but everybody else doesn't really matter. Now, Paul says, as much as it depends on you, live peaceably with all. That means even our enemies. Even people that we don't like. We are to seek and to pursue peaceful relationships with them. Blessed are the peacemakers. But then we have our third point. How can we do this? How can we be peacemakers? How can we be those who actively seek and pursue peace in our lives? I want to share with you three ideas as we turn to application and then the lesson is going to be yours. Number one, how can we be peacemakers? Peacemakers reach out to people who they have wronged. You see how Jesus teaches us that just a little bit later in Matthew chapter 5 in verse number 23, just a little bit later in this chapter, Jesus says, so if you are offering your gift at the altar and there remember that your brother has something against you, notice Jesus doesn't say that your brother is right. Jesus doesn't say that your brother has to be accurate. He says, if you're going to offer your gift at the altar and you remember that your brother has something against you, they have hard feelings towards you, they're carrying a grudge against you, he says, here's what you do, leave your gift there before the altar and go. First, be reconciled to your brother and then come and offer the gift. Come to terms, keyword, quickly with your accuser while you're going with him to court lest your accuser hand you over to the judge and the judge to the guard and you be put in prison truly I say to you you will never get out until you have paid the last penny think about it you're going to worship on a Sunday morning like we're here today you're going to worship on a Sunday morning and you remember that a brother or sister has something against you You've wronged them in some kind of way and they have bitter feelings towards you. They're holding that against you. What are you supposed to do? Well, go to worship and spend some time with God. And then later on in the week, you can go and make that right. It's not what Jesus says. Jesus says, if you're going to offer your gift at the altar and you remember your brother has something against you, you go right then. First, be reconciled to your brother. And then you can continue on to offer your gift. Well, what if that person's not a brother? Okay, let's talk about an accuser. Here's somebody who's pointing their finger at you. You said something wrong to me. You've done something wrong to me. How are we supposed to respond to that? Jesus says, come to, verse 25, come to terms quickly with your accuser because if you don't come to terms with them quickly, the conflict's just going to get worse. It's going to snowball. It's going to get bigger and bigger. It's going to get worse and worse, Jesus says. Whether we're talking about a brother or whether we're talking about an accuser, what do peacemakers do? Peacemakers reach out to people who they have wronged. Is there somebody in your life like that right now? Is there somebody in your life who you've done something against that you're aware of? Is there someone in your life right now who you have wronged? If there is, maybe it's time to have a conversation with that person. Maybe it's time to send a text, to give a call. Maybe it's time to sit down at lunch and to have a conversation about that conflict. That's what peacemakers do. 
they reach out to those who they have wronged. But then there's another side to this. Number two, peacemakers also reach out to those who have wronged them. Remember what Jesus has to say about that in Matthew chapter 18 and verse 15? He says, if your brother sins against you, go and tell him his fault between you and him alone. And if he listens to you, you have gained your brother. Especially when it comes to a brother or sister in Christ, Jesus says, when your brother sins against you, what do you do? We oftentimes expect them to come to us. If you've wronged me, then you need to come to me. You need to apologize to me, and then I can decide if I'm going to forgive you or not. I can decide if we're going to repair this relationship or not. Now, Jesus says if your brother sins against you, if they say something to you or do something to you that hurts you deeply, go and talk to them about it. Go and tell them his fault between you and him alone. Oftentimes, instead of talking to people about how they have wronged us, we go and talk about people who have wronged us. And that's not the way that Jesus says to do it. If we're going to be peacemakers, we're going to reach out to those who we have wronged, and we're also going to reach out to those who have wronged us in order to seek peace and establish peace in those situations of conflict. Is there a person in your life right now who has hurt you? If there is, then that name immediately comes to mind. Don't they? You can see them right now. Who's that person that you have bitter feelings towards because they said something to you or did something to you or one of your family members out of the way? If you're going to be a peacemaker, then what do you need to do according to Jesus? Time to reach out. It's time to have a conversation and then I'd say number three, most importantly, peacemakers focus on who? They focus on Christ. I love what Paul says about Christ in Ephesians, the second chapter, verses 14 through 17. Who is Jesus to us? Verse 14, He Himself is our peace. What has Jesus done? The end of verse 15, so making peace. What is Jesus all about? What is the message that Jesus preaches? Verse 17. He came and preached what? Peace to you who were far off and peace to those who are near. Jesus Christ is all about peace. Jesus is our peace. He makes peace. He preaches peace. Jesus is all about establishing peace in situations of conflict. And so if we're going to be peacemakers, what are we going to do? We're going to set our eyes on Him. We're going to focus on Him. In situations of conflict, I'm not going to set my eyes on the conflict. I'm not going to set my eyes on the other person or the other group of people. I'm going to set my eyes on Jesus and focus in on Him. There was a reporter who wrote about a situation that she had at Union Station in Washington, D.C., on this particular day in Union Station, as it is on most days, it was a very busy day. The person was talking over the, the PA system, announcing the, the different times that were coming in and the different times that were coming out. There was a person going into a restricted zone, so a security guard was yelling at him and, and telling him to come back. Babies were crying. Cell phones were going off. People were going in all kinds of directions. There were three ladies, one of them standing up on a bench, who were arguing with one another about who knows what. 
in front of this reporter, there was a person walking really tight circles. You could tell that they were nervous about something. You could tell that they were worked up about something. In the midst of all of that chaos and in the midst of all of that conflict, she heard a voice. And that voice was singing some familiar words to us. What a friend we have in Jesus. All our sins and griefs to bear. What a privilege it is to carry everything to God in prayer. The crowd started to change. Before long, it wasn't just her voice. But voices were joining her. Oh, what peace we often forfeit. Oh, what needless pain we bear. All because we do not carry everything to God in prayer. And as they went through verse after verse, this reporter stood watching. You know those ladies who were arguing with one another and one of them was standing up on a bench? They had all sat down next to one another, shoulder to shoulder, singing along with this one lady. It seemed like all of the cell phones went quiet. All the babies stopped crying. Even the person who was, who was going in tight circles, really nervous about something... She heard him stop and say, I don't even believe in Jesus. But this is nice. This is something I can get behind. If you want to be a peacemaker, then what do you do? You focus on Christ. Focus on the one who is our peace. The one who makes peace. The one who preaches peace. When we focus on Jesus, isn't it amazing? How all the chaos and the conflict starts to fade away. Blessed are the peacemakers. But what is the blessing? What you might expect for Jesus to say is, is that peacemakers will experience the blessing of, of being at peace with other people. And, and relationships with other people are going to be strong. But that's not what Jesus says. Jesus says, blessed are the peacemakers. And here's the blessing. For they shall be called sons of God. As we said, going back to Ephesians 2, God is the ultimate giver and the ultimate supplier of peace. God has taken a broken humanity. In this room, God has taken broken, sinful, helpless individuals and transformed them. He has brought peace in relationships with Him that were at one time so broken. He has caused that separation in Isaiah 59 verses 1 and 2 to go away. He is the ultimate supplier of peace. And so the question that we have to ask ourselves as we read this verse is do we want to be like Him? Do we really want to be children of God? Do we want to be called His sons? Do we want to be called His daughters? What do we have to do? Oh, blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called sons of God. Peacemakers will be able to experience the true blessing and the true happiness that comes from being called a child of God. There is nothing in the world greater than that. So this week, let's not be peace breakers, peace takers, peace fakers, or peacekeepers. This week, let's be peacemakers. If possible, so far as it depends on you, as so far as it depends on me, live peaceably with all people. This week, let's reach out to those who we have wronged. Let's reach out to those who have wronged us. 
And let's fix our eyes on Jesus. Let's focus on Him. This week, let's experience the true happiness that comes from being called the Son of God. If we can help you to do that this morning, we'd love to. As together we stand and sing.